What's going on, everybody? John and Pemby here with Adam Ronis, bringing you Andy Up, presented by Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Of course, you're used to listening to Howard Bender. I'm stepping in. Uh, Adam, how are things going with you? Pretty good, man. I'm just uh, excited for a great Thursday in the NBA. Not much on the line at all on Wednesday, even though there were some exciting finishes, but it just was difficult for me to really get into it. It doesn't mean anything. Thursday is the day we find out who will be in the playing game. Uh, it all starts at 4 p.m. Eastern with the critical game. So uh, looking forward to it. As uh, I don't think the NBA could have drawn this up any better. If you would have asked me, I'll ask you if you agree. I did not think it would be this close and come down to the wire. I didn't think the Spurs would be in the mix. The Suns, obviously, the biggest surprise here. Seven and zero in the bubble, and they're seven and zero against the spread. Memphis, obviously, not playing well, losing uh, every game except one in the bubble. I think we all knew Portland healthier, even with the tough schedule they have really survived and thrived. Their two losses were to the Clippers, which they had the lead and a four-point loss to Boston. So I don't think the NBA could have drawn this up any better. I mean, you got four teams in the mix for the play-in game here on uh, the second to last day of the regular season. Yeah, it's actually pretty impressive. And like you said, you know, some of the surprises uh, coming into the bubble, you know, when they first expanded, uh, you know, the bubble teams and odds of teams making the playoffs, I kind of like laughed at the idea of Phoenix potentially being a playoff team. And then, like you said, they get into the bubble. All of a sudden, Devin Booker's hitting pull-up winners and everything like that. Uh, and that team is rolling. And they're really kind of like riding these hot hands and who was better prepared or or less more able to get healthier as they rolled into uh, this, this scenario. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Portland, like we kind of all alluded to before, uh, you know, if they were healthy, they they likely offered the best chance of an eight seed to really, you know, be an upset type team uh, once they got into the playoffs. So uh, seeing them sort of uh, here at the end, uh, not overly surprising. I would say clearly the Memphis collapse. Uh, they had the three and a half game lead going into the bubble uh, and watching them just sort of fall apart, I think was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, losing Jaron Jackson did not help. But still, this is a team that is just falling apart and really blown this. I mean, they were in control. I mean, just one more win they get, and they control their destiny for the eighth seed, but that's not the case. It is now Portland, who currently has the eighth seed going into Thursday, and all they need to do is beat the Nets, uh, and they are nine-point favorites in that game. So, And the Nets have nothing to play for. We'll see if the Nets sit their guys. Right. You would think they would, or at least the starters would be limited, maybe play the first half, and that's it. And Portland has had a difficult schedule. I mean, when you go over what Portland has had to deal with, I mean, they have not had it easy at all. They've had to play every game till the end. It all started with the Grizzlies. They beat them by five. Then they had that tough game against the Celtics. I think they were down in that game, came back and made yeah, it Yeah, they were down big early. Yeah. And, and uh, then they, they came back from like a 20-point deficit or something like that. Right, and they lost by four. Then they beat the Rockets by eight. That game was close. The Nuggets, they beat by 10, but that game was down to the wire. They had the game in hand against the Clippers, and Lillard surprisingly missed those two free throws. They lose that by five. They barely got by the 76ers, and B got hurt early in that game. They didn't play everyone. They were basically going against the, the second unit. They survived that, and then against Dallas, tooth the nail until the end, and they survived with a three-point win. So you look at the teams they've played. I mean, these are all teams that are playoff contenders, or basically every team is in the playoffs except the Grizzlies, who could be in the playing game. So they get their easiest game 
against the Nets when they need to win the most. So Blazers, it's pretty simple with them. Win, and they're the eight. Uh, they can still be the nine. They would need two losses from Phoenix, San Antonio, or Memphis. Now, Memphis, uh, they can get in as the nine seed if Portland wins, but they're going to have to beat Milwaukee. It sounds like a tough task, but Milwaukee will be without Giannis suspended, and we'll also have to see if they play their stars. Phoenix, uh, they get the nine seed with a win, and then they would need a Memphis loss or a Portland loss, which is certainly possible, the Memphis loss. The Spurs need the most help. They can get the nine. They need a win, and they need two losses from Phoenix, Portland, or Memphis. And again, that is slightly possible as well. Uh, As we talked about these games uh, which one you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with Portland uh, and and Brooklyn because to me it is actually a little interesting. Uh, you know, knowing how the Nets have sort of handled their rotation lately, if you look at sort of their current quote unquote big three, uh, Levert, Allen, and Harris, they actually all sat out the last game against Orlando on the eleventh. Uh, so they could be uh, active for this game against Portland, and and that's kind of you know bad news I would think for Portland. Not exactly that we're expecting big things out of the Nets with that grouping, but you know clearly the talent level with Levert, Harris, and Allen greater than you know Corux and Tyler Johnson and you know Garrett Temple that they were starting out there otherwise. So uh, you know Portland may have to go up against you know the best of the best that the Nets currently have to put on the floor, and you know that would be interesting because I mean this is a, a a Nets team that you know had some upsets lately. You know being able to go ahead and beat. Uh, you know, they beat Milwaukee when, when they sat there, those guys and whatnot. So uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how Portland handles that game if those starters do play through. Yeah, and Lillard obviously is on a mission right now. Uh, 61 points tying his career high the last game. Carmelo Anthony's played very well. I feel like, you know, obviously Lillard's going to get the headlines, deservedly so. But I thought Melo was, has hit some huge shots mm-hmm. here in the bubble, including a, a three-pointer against Dallas. C.J. McCollum's dealing with a, a looks like a back fracture. They said yeah, since they said non-displaced back fracture, which is sounds sounds terrible. Horrible, but yeah, through it. <laughs> I mean, you could see he was two or fourteen from the field uh, in that last game against Dallas. So that's a, a big pick me up from Gary Trent, though. I mean, like, oh, he's that, been phenomenal in the bubble yeah. too. I mean, Nurkic, we talked about. Look, I'd be stunned, stunned if Portland lost this game, and I actually. Nine points is a lot. I, I think they cover. I, I just think there's too much here on the line for them and not enough for the Nets. Even if the Nets start their guys, they might scale them back. I think Portland smells the blood here. They want this. You could tell by the way Lillard was talking. We didn't come here to go home early. Right. Uh, I think this team has had a really tough stretch. But you're right. The Nets, uh, you know, they I upset mean, the, the Bucks. They beat the, the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Like they're on a roll right now while like going back and forth between playing their starters and, and not playing their starters. So you talk about, you know, riding hot hands and hot teams. I mean, Karis Levert has been un- unbelievable, you know, since basically uh, taking over as the lead guy on that team, even before the, uh, the stoppage of play once Kyrie and Dinwiddie kind of, uh, you know, went down for a little bit there. So uh, I, I think they're going to get themselves a hell of a game if those guys end up being active. Cause it seems like, you know, Brooklyn for what it's worth is, you know, they're playing it up. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know if they are up for playing spoiler. I mean, this is the last game of the night, so Portland will know exactly what they need. And I'm sure a couple of those teams will win, put, putting them in a position where they're going to need to get the eighth seed. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you're you're willing to take the points here. Get it? You want the Nets getting nine. 
I mean, I want to. I would like to know exactly how you know what the rotations will obviously end up being like if we get any sort of word. Because Brooklyn's obviously locked into their playoff spot too, and they're not gonna. I can't imagine they would want to jeopardize any sort of injury to their core grouping either. But just looking at the way they've played these games going into it uh, against these other teams, you know, they if they're gonna start Levert, Harris, and, and Allen, they've let, they've allowed them to play you know, 30, 35 minutes when they've been on the floor. So uh, the fact that they rested them the other day against Orlando kind of makes you think like maybe they were getting up for this game, uh, you know, to prove that, you know, either one, they could play upset or, you know, to prove that they're not really a joke. So it'll be interesting. Nine points, like you said, though, it's a lot of points. And, you know, a lot of times, even if, if you know, this ends up being a blowout throughout the game, you get that backdoor cover with nine points. That's doable. Well, Lillard's going to drop 70. I'm telling you right now. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, if, if he does, I'm going to be like, hey, remember when I said that? Uh, go find but, a prop bet right now, see what we can get the points on, on Lillard. Dude, you know, I, I swear to you, uh, I was going to put Lillard in the write-up on Tuesday night. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the over on his point. So I went and go check it. It was 31 and a half. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of high. The dude shattered it like in the yeah. third quarter. I'm like, yeah. well, I guess I should have put that in. But as we do with all these prop right. bets and betting it's easy to say after the fact you know you got to do it before when the money is on the line but i thought about it and i was like oh 31 and a half a saw because he could have 30 and that's a great game and you lose so uh the interesting thing about the nets they are five and one against the spread in their last six but portland's actually been pretty good too four and one against the spread in its last five the one game they didn't cover was the clippers uh i lean towards portland right now i just think this team is uh on a roll and this is the easiest matchup they've had. You've made excellent points about the nets and I cannot dispute it. They have definitely surprised here and found a way to be competitive. I mean, I think the odds were huge in favor of the magic to be the seventh seed Mm -hmm. before this started. And I bet you a lot of people put money on that, knowing what the nets had going to the bubble and the nets were able to get the seven. Yeah, I mean, obviously Orlando dealing with some of the injuries on their own. Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's been out. They lost Isaac, you know, right away. Um, so, yeah, they, they've had a tough time uh, in the bubble. And like we said, Brooklyn, and you know, for largely sort of being a joke going into the bubble with half their team opting out or then the guys they signed end up getting COVID uh, and having to, to end up missing time also. I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't give them a lot of credit, but they've been one of those few teams that really uh, taken off. Here's a good player prop, maybe, if you wanted to throw down on this game. Uh, one of those, who scores first? Uh, Dame Lillard at plus 490 to score the first points of the game. Uh, if you wanted to just, you know, throw throw $10 down on, on, that, on that type of bet. Uh, not a terrible player prop. I usually don't do those, but they're worth taking a shot on, especially if you take one of those long shots, because anyone could score the first basket of the That's game, right? Right? Camelo, yeah, Melo's in plus 900. Uh, That's not bad, because you know if Melo gets the ball, he's shooting. Right, <laughs> exactly. So I, I just saw uh, uh, Damon plus 490 and Levert at plus 500, obviously the two high usage guys of the teams. But if you think, you know, Portland wins the tip, hits it to Dame, he's probably going right to the hole. So, uh, you know, we could, could get an early casher uh, in that one if you were looking at some uh, some player props uh, to kick off that, that game right there. Yeah, the player props. 34 and a half is the Lillard over-under for points. Oh, it is out? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm surprised they have these out. You're right. They usually don't have it out this early. My goodness. 34 and a half. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Mellow, 15 and a half. That's not bad. 
the way he's playing. What is Trent? 12 and a half. I wonder if they if they juice McCollum down because it's no, 20 and a half for McCollum. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, not with this injury, man. I wonder if that's. So Nurkic, Nurkic over 10 and a half rebounds is going to be my lock because centers against Brooklyn are in terms of you know fantasy dominance. They're the, t- the best uh, matchup you can possibly grab. Nurkic, the way he's been playing. Yeah, it's minus 104, too. That's not not bad. Yeah. So, to me, that, you know, I know Whiteside, uh, I think Whiteside came back the other day, but. Yeah, uh, Nurkic fouled out. So, yeah, they had, yeah, yeah I would Whiteside still, had a couple big rebounds down the stretch. Yeah, I would, st- I would still, I think that's a, that's a pretty good. I mean, the early season player props, I was hammering uh, all year uh, before the stoppage. There were just some crazy lines on guys. Yeah, I talked about it a lot, like Andre Drummond rebound totals and Malcolm Brogdon double double lines and stuff like that to start off the year. So you can find some pretty juicy player prop lines uh, where it seems like sometimes the books are, uh, you know, a little light. Yeah, that if you especially if you play fantasy and maybe you're a little reluctant to get in sports wagering. I mean, when you play fantasy, you're essentially projecting stats anyway. So mm-hmm. you could the books don't they they don't pay as close attention to that as the lines and mm-hmm. the over-unders and everything. So, yeah, if you, you, sometimes you could see uh, some lines are way off, especially early in the season. And, you know, the ba- with basketball, you know, it's the bubble. It is kind of like a new season. You know, baseball, obviously, they're slow to adjust to some really good pitchers who right. we know are clearly on the upswing. Last year it was Giolito. Uh, I didn't see what Dylan Bundy's strikeout prop, but that's a guy I'd start to look at before. You know, maybe they're slow to come around on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you definitely can can find that stuff uh, on player props. All right, uh, so that's that's Portland Brooklyn. Obviously, I think I think Brooklyn can probably get a back to recovery here. I do agree with you. I think Portland's obviously going to win this game, but nine points is a lot, and the way Brooklyn's been playing with their starters, uh, you know, it gives me at least a little bit of pause because they've beaten you know some some pretty good teams who uh, were playing their guys, including again the Nets beat the Bucks without Levert Allen and Harris playing. So uh, take that for whatever else it's worth there. Uh, Adam, what other games, you know, your top games that you're targeting here? Yeah, I think we, we're looking at the playoffs games clearly. So uh, let's look at Milwaukee and Memphis. And this is really interesting, man. Uh, the Bucks are a four-point favorite. Uh, I don't even remember the last time we've seen them that low against a – unless it was a top team. The issue, obviously, is Milwaukee has nothing to play for. We know Giannis is suspended for the game. They did sit a lot of their guys the other day, and they still won, but they played the Wizards that night. Someone texted me. They're like, hey, man, uh, the Wizards' money line was uh, whatever it was. Uh, I see Milwaukee's sitting everyone. Seems like a good play, right? I'm like, Washington is terrible. Milwaukee's bench can beat them. They, they lost to the Thunder, the Wizards, by like 18, 21 yeah. the game before. So I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. I'm not going to put money on the Wizards. To put this into perspective, tomorrow the Celtics have already announced their bench. They're sitting. They're starting five. And right now they're 10.5-point favorites against the Wizards. Yeah. So without, without, without Tatum, Brown, Smart, Hayward, uh, and Tice, and Walker is also sitting. So their top six rotational players sitting out, and they're double-digit favorites against the Wizards. So yeah. I, Look, I'm worried about the Grizzlies. I, even if the Bucks hit everyone, you know, they still have some guys off the bench that can play well. I just don't like the way the Grizzlies have looked here. I know it's a must-win situation, but I'm concerned about the Grizzlies. I think they can lose this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's a tough matchup for them. And as you said, I'm probably expecting the Bucks to play these guys limitedly uh, in the probably the first half because you said they sat out the other day. This is like their tune-up before the playoffs. I can't imagine them completely sitting them out. Um, obviously, that ends up being the case. It's more beneficial for Memphis. But, you know, right, the way they've been playing Memphis right now, it's, it's, a, it's a tall order to just expect them to show up uh, and have success. So... Uh, I mean, they got points. smoked by the Celtics. They lost to the Raptors. They beat the Thunder. I think the Thunder sat uh, plenty of guys in that game, right? I mean, they lost to the Jazz, who played terrible in the bubble. They've lost to the Pelicans, who played terrible in the bubble. You know, losing to the Blazers, nothing wrong with that. Uh, they lost to the Spurs by two, and obviously the Spurs played better. <sighs> I-, I think the Grizzlies lose this game. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> I, I am tended to agree, to agree with you. It's it's hard. The point spread is 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 so low. It's we it's odd. Like you said, it's one of those times where you look at a spread and you're just like confused by it a little bit. Where you feel like it should be either greater uh, towards you know like a Bucks team, or if they are going to play, you know, sit their guys. And why is the Memphis more of a favorite? So I, I could see Memphis end up losing this game. I, it's it's hard to project either way for me. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's just I just don't like what I've seen from the Grizzlies at all. And this line is telling you, well, number one, we know Giannis is out, so right. that's why it's low. But it's also probably telling you they don't expect the Bucks to go yeah. heavy with any of their starters. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if Middleton, Bledsoe, Lopez play 10, 12 minutes, a little bit of the first half, and then that's probably it. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they saw any second half action. I, I really would. Because like you said, there's no reason for them to be out there. Why risk a rolled ankle or something like that and have it, uh, you know, cost them a playoff spot. So, yeah, second second half, you'd be seeing like DJ Wilson out there, you know, up against uh, a Memphis. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Memphis is able to take advantage of that. But, they're, you know, the uh, Bucks kind of added some veteran presence to their team uh, you know, for these playoff runs, they added like Marvin Williams. They have Robin Lopez, uh, George Hills on like they so they still have some guys that are very capable of getting on the floor, playing minutes and beating a team the way Memphis is playing right now. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I don't know if it'd be one I'd probably touch because I don't know which way it's going to go. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, if I did have to put a bet down on it, I would probably lean Milwaukee as well. Yeah. And then we have uh, Mem- uh, the Mavericks and Suns at 4 p.m. So both games at 4 p.m. Of course, we get Mavs-Suns on TNT like it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks like the Mavs are locked into the seven, uh, unless I'm mistaken. It looks like they're locked into the seven. Uh, we have not heard anything about them sitting their guys. And you would think with Porzingis and Luca, why would you play these guys in a meaningless game? But if they play, uh, I think Dallas can win the game. And if they play, I'm taking the points. Uh, you know, the Suns have played really, to me, with no pressure at all. There's pressure on them in this game. And, and how do they respond? Uh, I think it's easy. When you look at this, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, Phoenix is going to win. It's a must win. And I think that's a mistake people sometimes make. Oh, it's a must win for this team. The other team has nothing to play for. They're going to win. It doesn't always work out like that. See Memphis, the last, I don't know, whole games in the bubble. Um right. You probably disagree with me, but if if, Porz, if Porzingis and Luca play, I'm taking Dallas getting five and a half. Yeah, I mean they definitely have the two probably best tandem. I you know Booker the way he's been playing right now obviously is a lead, but I mean he doesn't rise to the level of, of Doncic obviously, and then Aiton would be the number two there with Phoenix, and I would take Porzingis uh, over him when they're both going right. So. Yeah, I wouldn't totally disagree. I mean, they did play earlier in the bubble, and Phoenix won that game. Um, so, you know, is, does that play into it all? Um, and, and like you said, the way Booker is playing right now, you know, do, does Dallas have anybody that can really handle him? Not that Phoenix has anybody that can stop a guy like Doncic, but, you know, if it gets shot for shot, you know, this one could play closer than maybe, uh, you know, we, we expect it to. Yeah, they beat Dallas by two uh, that game. But don't you think at some point they're going to cool off? I mean, possibly, but I mean, like we're talking about. I mean, I guess if you if you if you sort of believe in those type of narratives, like guys who aren't hitting streaks eventually have to go cold, or you know, teams that go on winning streaks eventually have to lose. I mean, they're playing the best basketball that they've clearly played all season. Their best player seems more engaged than I've seen him. Uh, ever and not, not this is the first time Booker's had an opportunity to be in the playoffs. You know, if we're gonna just sort of throw narratives around, you know, he's an elite player carrying his team. Maybe he rises up to these sort of occasions and he wants that you know taste of playoff basketball. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I would in a vacuum, I would take Dallas. Uh, but again, I, I wouldn't be shocked honestly if Phoenix shows up here and, and blows doors. I mean, they're getting a lot of good play uh, from guys like Cameron Johnson. Uh, who, you know, didn't do much during the regular season, but he's had a start, uh, you know, given Ubre's situation. And Saric off the bench has been strong for them. Eaton's been good in the bubble, and Booker's carrying them. So, uh, you know, they're they're playing really well, and, and it's hard to sort of discount teams that are playing good basketball, uh, sort of given the, the situation that everybody's been in the bubble. So uh, while Dallas on paper is the best team, uh, you know, the best team in the bubble has been Phoenix. So I, I may lean Phoenix in this one, to be honest with you. Yeah, if Luca and Porzingis play and there's no one limited, I'm taking Dallas getting the five and a half because the Suns could win by three or four. And to me, this is really the first time they face pressure. None of these other games have been pressure. They've been playing with house money. No one expected them to be here. There's pressure on them to win tomorrow. They have to win. They lose, then they're relying on help. Right. So, and even the game against the Sixers, they won by 13. 
Sixers were up for a good portion of that game, and they pulled away late. And that was against, you know, the the Sixers didn't have their entire starting lineup. It was right. all the backups. So, yeah. um, and I think the Thunder did the Thunder sit players against the Suns. I think they did, right? Maybe they just played Paul. I can't remember now all these uh, games. There was yeah, there was a game. Yeah, they did. They sat Gallinari, Adams, Noel were out, and SGA sat. Yeah, so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they played only Paul that game. Yep, I remember. Yeah, so I think the Mavs can keep it close, but I want to wait and see. You know, if Luca and Porzingis sit, then this line's going to also go up. To right. Keep right. that in mind. Um, yeah, and I, but, and I would say like to an effect, like when you say like you know nobody. I would say that nobody expected anything out of Phoenix early on. But once they started winning these games and things became more of a reality, I would say there's they've certainly probably had some pressure to continue to win, right? Like once the playoffs were at least in focus for them, uh, I would say that a lot of these games became must wins for them if they wanted to. Now, of course, this is the drop dead must win game for them. Um, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily say you know they haven't been in pressure situations of lately either. I don't, I, no, I don't think they've had any pressure. They've been loose. They had those introductions the other day with the family oh, that, and that friends. Could be, that could be they, the key to it all, though. You know, like if they're well, there's but there is like now there's absolute pressure. Like sure. this is you win or you're pretty much done. And mm-hmm. they have not been in a situation where Portland was in that last year. I mean, they made a run to the Western Conference Finals. Damian Lillard doesn't feel the pressure. Like it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they obviously have been a great story. And I know everyone wants to see them go 8-0 and get that opportunity to be in that play-in game. Uh, but I do so think... They get that, slapped. Yeah, but. yeah I, I think Dallas, if they play their studs, they'll keep it close and, they, and they'll cover. Okay, yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I can see it happening. I, I still feel like Phoenix could win this game, but if you're looking at point spreads... Uh, the five and a half. I, I could see Dallas keeping that game in there. So and everyone's taking Phoenix too, which right. I, which worries me too. And I mean, if you think Dallas is winning, you got a really nice money line pay right there at plus one ninety. So I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go that far because even if Luca and Porzingis play, sure. they they could pull them, you know, pretty early. Uh, but the one thing we have seen is some of these teams when they bring in empty the bench and the subs, like they're playing really hard. So and it's not like it's a gimme in a lot of these games either. Right. No, that's true. And like you said, Dallas certainly has some talented guys they can bring off their bench. Um, you know, veteran players like JJ Barea, um, you know, that guys like that, that have some experience. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Dallas is strong all, all around. It'd be interesting. Like you said, if they're locked in, how guys are going to uh, be in their rotation. I mean, if I'm Dallas, I'm not playing Luca or Porzingis if I'm locked into the seven. Yeah. And, right. It's the same scenario we talked about with Milwaukee, right? Like, why would you risk injury? to like Middleton and Bledsoe if you don't need to. So you're right. This could be a situation where they play the first half and, you know, Phoenix is against the backups, kind of like what they've had, yeah, during this run of late as well, playing against uh, team second units. Yeah, and my guess is this line moves up too. Uh, I think a lot of the money's going to come in on Phoenix. I think just people are, they're going to look at, oh, they're 7-0, and they're 7-0 against the spread. They need this game. That's People look at that. Oh, they need this game. They're going to win. We've seen numerous times over the last week's teams that needed wins didn't get it. Yeah, as I mean, who thought the Nets were going to beat the Bucks, right? Oh, that was <laughs> dude. I had the I had the Nets money. I mean, the Bucks money line and a fourteen parlay in that game. And I think it, was that the that must we have been recorded. The, yeah, we recorded. 
uh, FA Sports Talk, I think it was for that or something. I think uh, the same night was going on, yeah. The same night I had the Clippers money line and they lost to someone. So like the two hardest parts of the parlay were easy. The two easiest, the Clippers and Bucks money line, lost me. I'm like, okay, done with parlays for the NBA <laughs> until a little bit because I, I was on a heater with them in February and March, but I even said then like this is not sustainable. Like, don't do this consistently. And I had a nice little formula where I was taking like three good money lines and then finding an underdog or a team getting points. And then, yeah, Milwaukee 18 over the Nets and they don't even win the game. I should have put a dollar on the Nets, but come on, man. <laughs> I think we no looked at they, they were like plus 1500 or something like that. Yeah. Like, come on. And I guess the, obviously there's always screenshots of someone who does it. Someone yeah. who is doing that has a huge bankroll and probably does that consistently. Like, with the big underdogs, and they've probably lost a lot of money oh, for long sure. term. You know, because if you have like a small bankroll or a moderate, you're not putting money on the Nets money line, eighteen point underdogs to the Bucks when no one's playing. You're just not. It's right. not. It's not a smart play. No, I agree with you. What do you think about the play? The uh, Booker points total here of thirty and a half. Minus uh, one. That, that's, that's a good over, man. Dallas plays no defense. Right. Well, let me see. What did it, those numbers are high, man. It's the same thing with Lillard, man. Um, I obviously have more confidence in Lillard. Um, I mean, Booker's – hold on. I mean, Booker's Booker gone, ha- Booker's 35 and three straight. Yeah, I think he's only gone under it once in the bubble. So. Yeah, I, I, I'd i probably take the over, man, you know. Yeah, I'd ha- I'd have to. I mean, I think I think it's a good bet. I mean, I know you kind of hate paying the one eighteen, but you know, it's it's not terrible. It's not, it's especially obviously the pays. It's never terrible. So. This will be the game that he shoots thirty two percent. Man, I played uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich the other day. We went one for fifteen from the floor. Oh yeah, I remember. And then the next day he came yeah, out. Next, the great. next two games he went off and torched teams. It's like what is going on? So uh, yeah, I've definitely been a part of uh, some poor shooting nights. Uh, Adam, before we wrap this up, we got a couple, we got a couple more minutes here. What's your uh, you know final take on the games that are remaining? Yeah, the other game that matters, we got the Spurs, uh, six and a half favorites over the Jazz, who uh, have nothing to play for. I- I'll take the Spurs, man. I- I've been impressed with them. I thought they were going to just you know play their young players, play this out, and, and they've been really good in the bubble uh, for them to be in this mix. So uh, I think we're going to wind up seeing uh, Portland and Phoenix, man. Uh, I, I just don't have confidence in the Grizzlies right now, even against the depleted Bucks team. Uh, so I think we're going to see Portland and Phoenix on Saturday. And that's the uh, the, the Western playing, playing game? Yes. So Portland would only need to win once to enter the playoffs and take on the Lakers. The Suns, in that scenario, would need to win two games. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a tough one. It'll be a fun uh Next couple of days of basketball, though, Adam, obviously you and I big, big hoop heads. Uh, so it's been a great time being able to watch uh, the NBA bubble. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can continue on in the playoffs, you know, now that they're looking at expanding the uh, people that can go into the bubble uh, after the first round of the playoffs. I'm not too cool uh, about that idea, but I guess people want to see their families, right? Yeah, I mean, they've been away for a little bit now. Um, I know if it was me in there and I was single, I would definitely want my girlfriend's uh, side piece in there. Listen, I said Lou Williams is going to have four strippers from Magic City come over and, uh, you know, keep him company with some wing orders. So, 
Uh, yeah, they're probably going to be like, wait a second, Lou, you can only have one, and how long have you known her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it'll be it'll be interesting, you know, him, maybe maybe Harding gets some uh, some friends in, in the bubble as well, as we've, we've alluded to uh, in the past here. But uh, Adam, again, great talking basketball with you. Uh, and for everybody else, uh, we'll catch you all next time. <laughs>